Hello, and welcome to the Selling St. Pete podcast, your go-to resource for all things real estate and all things St. Pete. I'm your host, Nicole Sanchez. Hello and good day. Welcome to the Selling St. Pete podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Sanchez. On today's episode, I'm joined by John Ricker with Baxter Title. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Really excited to be here. Oh, awesome. So the goal of this podcast is for buyers, sellers, current and prospective residents of St. Pete to use this as a go-to resource for all things real estate and for all things St. Pete. Um, so with that said, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Sure, absolutely. Um, I moved here from Chicago about 12 years ago. Um, we came down to escape the weather <laughs> of the north, like uh, most people do. Um, I started out down here uh, in the gas station business with Doug Baxter, the owner of Baxter Title. Okay. And um, that helped transition me into Title. Um, as we sold off our gas stations, I kind of transitioned over and uh, became part of Baxter Title about six years ago. Oh, that's awesome. And so like you, I too am an Illinois native. Um, and I know that we have quite a few people from out of state moving to the area, especially with the recent tax changes. <laughs> um, sure. So for people who may not be familiar with real estate transactions or are coming from states where attorneys are required to close a real estate transaction, um, can you talk a little bit about the role of a title company in a real estate transaction here in Florida? Because attorneys aren't required here. Absolutely. Well, we are backed by attorneys, so I want to make sure that's clear and evident that everyone knows that we are attorney backed. We are, our underwriters are all attorneys. That's, you know, Fidelity. Uh, we also underwrite with WFG, um, which are two of the three largest in the world. Fidelity being number one, Commonwealth. Um, so that being said, we are backed by attorneys. So that's why we can facilitate on their behalf. Okay. So that's, that's point number one. Uh, what we do, what I don't think we get enough credit for doing actually, is we actually facilitate the contract at the end. So realtor has a listing, sells listing with another realtor. So there's two realtors involved. They need that third party to facilitate that contract. So we do everything from uh, holding all escrow. That's number one. We control all monies at the end. We also make sure that all conditions and terms are met of that contract. So when contracts are written and they're going to leave the washer and dryer or a television set outside, whatever it may be, we make sure those things are done at the end and, and, and consult with everyone and make sure where those things left, everything's good, property's in good condition. You know, at all those steps, we make sure those happen. Mm -hmm. um, and we are that third party. So we can do that on behalf of both parties, make sure everything is done fairly and correctly. And I want to be clear, I'm not an attorney. I don't play one on television, <laughs> and I'm not saying not to use an attorney, but unlike other states, it's not required. Absolutely. So absolutely, um, and that's why we, you know, we are working on their behalf. Sure. Is a layman's way, layman's way to say it. Right. Absolutely. You know, we we work under their umbrella. Mm -hmm. So we do have attorneys. Everything is looked at, um, and and examined, mm -hmm. and then we pass on clear title to the new owner. Great. And so even though one party chooses the title company, um, is the title company a neutral party in the transaction? Absolutely. Absolutely. We are, again, that third party. 
So we, we care just as much about the buyer as the seller. We, we want it to be a smooth transaction for both sides. So, and again, going back to facilitating the contract, that's what we do. We want to make sure that both sides and all conditions are met for both sides. Mm -hmm. So we don't work for either or. Seller does choose, and the reason seller chooses here in the Tampa region is because they are paying for that policy, for the owner's policy, on behalf of the buyer. Mm -hmm. So they are ensuring that the title is going to be clear for that new buyer. Mm -hmm. And... Anything can be negotiated in real estate. So if a buyer really wanted to pay for the owner's policy, they could do that. Absolutely. There's a part in the contract where it says buyer can choose title. Right. When the buyer does do that, they do pay all of the title fees. Mm -hmm. um, so they would now pay for that owner's policy, mm -hmm. plus their own lenders if needed. Mm -hmm. They would pay for all the uh, any kind of settlement fees or any other fees that the title company charges. The only thing they do not have to pay for is doc stamps, which is okay. the, the taxes to the, to the county. Right. And, and that's always paid by that, the seller. That would be paid by the seller. Yeah. And um, so are the costs for title insurance registered by the state of Florida? They or are do they promulgated vary? by the state of Florida. Okay. So no matter what title company you choose, for the first, for the owner's policy, it is um, promulgated by the sales price of the property. So that's. No matter who you use, what you use, it's set in stone. And the only time fees change is in your settlement fees. Um, a lot of title companies charge courier fees and escrow fees and all that kind of good stuff. So that's the only time that the fees will change. But as far as the title insurance itself, it is definitely promulgated by the state of, of Florida. Okay. And what, um, when you are going through a, a transaction, what are the steps that a buyer will go through? So you get the contract, then what's the next step? We, we receive the contract. Um, usually we get it, believe it or not, from the buyer's agent. Mm -hmm. So because they, they did all the signing, mm -hmm. and usually the buyer's agent will send it over, even though we were recommended by the listing agent. Mm -hmm. um, but the buyers will send it over, we'll take contract in. First thing we do is look up the property on a property appraiser, then we put in for the title search. Then we reach out to each agent and we request all their info. So we request the buyer's info, seller's info. If the agent wants to control it themselves, they will get that info and give it back to us. If they want us to take it from there, which 90% want us to do, they'll submit us that info. And then we'll reach out to those people and start collecting all important data, including social security numbers, um, you know, times and dates that you wanna close. I mean, the contract is set closing date but we have mm -hmm. to set the time sure. and sometimes things move sometimes things get done early mm -hmm. especially if you have a really good lender if you're using getting a mortgage that lender has their ducks in a row sometimes we can close a couple days early because mm -hmm. most contracts stay on or before yeah so um and then we start collecting our stuff and we wait for the title search to come back once we get the title search in then we start examining the property and seeing what we need to do to clear title to issue clear title mm -hmm. Uh, so it can be as simple as getting a new warranty deed and paying off a mortgage. Those are the ones we love. <laughs> Those are the easy ones. Uh, and then it can be as difficult as, you know, 10 to 20 items that we need to clear title. There could be all, I mean, ranges of things from warrants, <laughs> believe it or not. There's sometimes, you know, there's uh, legal fees attached. There's uh, liens on the home. Uh, liens from the city for cutting the grass. I mean, there's. I mean, it's it's a wide array. Easements. Of easements. I mean, you, you could imagine what could possibly be wrong, and uh, we see a lot of those too. 
What would you say is the most common defect in a title? Uh, a lot. Easements would be, easements. yeah. Yeah, you know, people don't understand easements and, and, you know, then they build fences on top of them or patios mm. and stuff like that. And we just, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. We can mm-hmm. let that go. We have to point it out and say, if you look at the survey, here's this easement, just so you know that someday if the city wants to come in and, and move a power line or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. you're going to have to let them do that and they're going to rip up that patio or they're going to tear down that fence mm-hmm. and you have to let them and it'll be at your cost to get it repaired. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the biggest, you know, most common. Do and we have a lot of liens, a lot of liens, um, whether they're construction liens, city liens, you know, we get that quite often. Okay. And so in addition to the title search, you're also doing a municipal lien search Correct. to see if any utility, old utility bills or other liens. Code enforcements. Absolutely. So that's a new part of the contract that came in within the last five years. Um, so that it is, it is standard part of the contract. There are some title companies out there that aren't doing them all the time. We do not do that. We don't practice that way. We, the contract states it. We do it. So we order one every contract. Um, so, but yeah, municipal lien is, it, I think it's a great tool. Mm-hmm. It gives that buyer that assurance that all utilities were paid. There's no code enforcement. There's nothing on that property that's going to come back and, and bite you later mm-hmm. or haunt you later. Right. Now, way. permits is a separate issue. Correct. That is something that the buyers have to do their own due diligence to see if there are any open permits Correct. or items that weren't done with permits. Correct. Correct. Um, so, um, so what's the difference between the title commitment and the title insurance policy? Okay, well, the commitment is what we get after the title search. So we issue a commitment mostly to the lenders. I mean, we do it to, to the seller and buyer, um, mostly you know, to the buyer. And so we, we send out a commitment to the lender and to the buyer to let them know what we need to do to clear title. Obviously, most people are not you know, educated in that, so they don't even understand. So most buyers don't even look at it. Um, but the lenders do, of course, because they need to know what they're right. borrowing money against. So when we get, we set up the commitment, and that's what we do. We it's called a marked up commitment at the end. That's how we know we've insured clear title. We've issued clear title. So we take that commitment. We go right down the line. Whether it's the two items I said, the ones we love, where mm-hmm. we just have to issue a new deed and pay off a mortgage, or you know you have the ones where it's twenty items of liens and encumbrances and and all kinds of stuff going on, and we have to go down that line and we have to satisfy each one of those requirements to issue clear title Mm -hmm. and that's what we do and then the policy is at the end of the transaction when everything's done clear title title is issued and we issue a policy stating what your clear title is and if there's any exceptions to that clear title so you know it could be some boundaries or whatever Mm -hmm. you know if you buy waterfront property you have to let boats come up and stuff like that those are usually the exceptions to to the title policy and sometimes there are endorsements. Correct. I, I had a, a transaction where we sold um, what used to be, uh, what originally was a, a rectory at a Catholic church that was attached to a school. And then many years later, the school was sold off separately, and then the church was converted to a church office and then subsequently purchased by a buyer as a primary residence. And in that transaction, it was determined that there was an easement, a utility easement, um, but also that the plumbing for the property that the buyer was purchasing went through the school before it connected to the main sewer system. Wow. 
And so um, it was required that the home be connected directly to the main uh, sewer system. And so the buyers came to, I was the listing agent, and they said, you know, look, this is going to cost us $10,000. And we were able to get an endorsement writing over the easement, and then the sellers offered a credit, not quite the $10,000, but right. something that was acceptable to the buyer. Absolutely. So, yeah, so there's endorsements to the title policies. Usually it's on the loan side. I mean, they're almost all on the loan side. So, you know, when you have those, you have, especially you have four to form nine, which is for any kind of environmental issues, stuff like that. Those are all standard endorsements that are to the, the policy itself. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's a cost to the endorsement? There, there are. There are. Um, those are set usually by the um, underwriter okay. and or the title company. Um, like our endorsements, I think, are $49. Okay. You know, we, keep, we try to keep it low for, yeah. you know, the customer. Okay. And um, let's say that I'm listing a property and the sellers have provided me with a survey and there haven't been any changes to the survey since it was created. Are there any circumstances that wouldn't allow the buyer to use the survey? No. Um, as long as the seller is willing to sign an affidavit stating that they did not change anything on that property since that survey was done. If something has changed, added a shed, moved the fence, even put in pavers, mm-hmm. we have to get a new survey. Or, and or the buyer can decide, well, that's a really, really old survey. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just going to spend the $300 and get a new one. Right. Because at the end of the day, for $300, it might be worth it. If I, I know if I was buying something and looking at a 20-year-old survey, I'd probably want a new one, just, yeah. just to be safe. Just for the peace of just mind. Just for peace of mind, for $300, I'd probably go get a new survey. But if one was just done three years ago, mm-hmm. and nothing's changed, and you're going to sign an affidavit saying that nothing's changed on that property, mm-hmm. I'd save my $300. Yeah. So it goes both ways. But we, we get that quite often. Uh, a lot of times the buyer is very happy to save that money. Mm-hmm. And as long as nothing's changed, we accept it. Awesome. And you said that title insurance rates are promulgated by the state of Florida. Correct. But that there are some fees that the title companies will set. So can you talk to me about what Baxter Title's fees are? Absolutely. So with our fees, that's what I think is one of the things that separates us from the rest. Um, We are a smaller company, but we are backed by the largest underwriter in the world and the third largest underwriter in the world. So, and we have had zero claims in 15 years of business. So that means we're doing our job correctly, which is a good thing. But our fees are pretty straight. We have a settlement fee, and pretty much as far as our fees go, that's it. We do not charge any courier fees. We do not charge any escrow holding fees. We don't do any of that stuff. We are a very straightforward, honest company. Um, The title search is $75. That's what we charge your customer, $75. We do not upcharge many, many title companies upcharge their title title search. Mm-hmm. We do not do that. Um, the, the municipal lien search, some people tack on a municipal lien search fee to order it for you. Mm-hmm. We do not do that. And those will vary by the municipality. Absolutely. So Largo, being here in Pinellas County, is one of the most expensive. Um, I believe Seminole. Seminole doesn't charge anything extra. So there's a couple that don't just mm-hmm. give you the info, and there's some that you know want want their money, want their piece of the pie a little yeah. bit. So, but yeah, that is definitely on a municipality, and then whatever the lien search company, we use an outside source for that, and um, they, but they're pretty standard. Um, most of them are between the one we use is sixty five dollars, and but and the highest I've ever seen is ninety from another company. 
Do you charge a different settlement fee for cash transactions versus finance no. transactions? No, we do not. Our settlement fee is one straight fee, we're three ninety nine, and that's because we don't charge any of those other fees, and that's always negotiable. <laughs> if uh, you know we need to to help with something, we are we try to help, um, but yeah, we don't charge anything else. And then on the for the buyer, we don't charge a settlement fee because there's nothing on a cash transaction to charge mm -hmm. them for. They're literally bringing cash. It's very simple. Mm -hmm. um, most of the paperwork and things we have to do is on the sell side, you know, preparing the deed, all that kind of stuff. That's mm -hmm. for the seller. So that's the reason there's a settlement fee on that. Okay. On the seller side, but on the buy side, we charge nothing. Awesome. So wire fraud. The activity has certainly picked up over the last few years. Absolutely. And to the point now where we have a disclosure, the wire fraud prevention notice, where we um, alert buyers and sellers, you know, to be vigilant about wire fraud activity, be vigilant of emails that they're receiving, you know, especially if it's an email saying that wiring instructions have changed because generally companies aren't emailing that information anymore. Um, what are the steps Baxter Title is taking to thwart wire fraud? Well, absolutely. First of all, we're ALTA two compliant. We've passed the highest level of, you know, compliance that there is out there right now. Um, so that's something we take great pride in. So it starts there. And then what we do is we do not issue any of our wire information with the full account numbers on it. So when we send that out to a client, um, it is stated right on there, you must call for the last four digits of our account number. So you must get a live person. Mm -hmm. And as the transaction is going through, most people know, because again, we're a small and you know local and family-owned company, mm -hmm. so they start to know who we have in the office. So if you haven't heard from Zach, Carrie, Rob, Jackie, or you know Matt, you're dealing with the wrong people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, and we have our, who else would have our, our info? It's just us. Right. So we have those last four digits. So that's another huge thing. Then before we send out the wire, we confirm again with that client, these are your wire instructions. This is where I'm sending it. This is how much you're receiving. And please call us when you receive the money. Mm -hmm. So we, we have like a four-step system that we make sure that it's covered. And there's no loose emails out there. It's impossible. Yeah. So. And I, you know, when I'm working with buyers, I always tell them, call the title company before you wire the money. Absolutely. Because nowadays, I, I learned of a situation, thankfully it was not my own transaction, but um, buyers were closing on a Monday, and on Friday afternoon, they got an email that turned out to be fraudulent saying here are the new wiring instructions and so Monday when they go to close the title company says well you know we're just waiting for your funds and the buyer said well we we wired that over last week right and you know these these criminals are so sophisticated they know the laws they know the 72-hour you know recovery that if you don't alert the authorities within that 72-hour period, chances are you're not going to be getting those funds. Correct. And it was $900,000 Wow. that was wired. Yeah, that's a big reason we started with the, you know, we're going to send out our wire instructions without the last couple digits of our account number. Mm -hmm. We're forcing you to call in. Yeah. We're forcing you to talk to us. And, you know, there's no way a, a, a thief or, you know, 
a fraudulent person could duplicate that. Mm -hmm. You can't duplicate our phone number and talking to one of us. You just can't do it. Right. So does Baxter Title carry insurance protecting buyers or sellers in the case of wire fraud? We do. We have we have an insurance policy for wire fraud. Um, it's you know the way the industry's moved. Um, you're kind of silly if you don't at this point because mm -hmm. it could happen to anybody. But we take yeah. extreme pride and. And, and, and that's one thing I do love about our company is the fact that we are, you know, local and family owned mm -hmm. and we all hold each other accountable and everybody's looking over each other's shoulder to make sure that it's done correctly. Yeah. So we, we have that extra step and, you know, um, the man on the top, Mr. Baxter, is the one sending out the wires, no one else. Mm. So, you know, he goes through, we have a log and we go through and, and he'll even call and say, John, you did the closing. Mm. You received their wire information. I'm going to call them right now but you watch them fill this out. Yes, sir, I did. Mm -hmm. So we have all those extra steps, and thank goodness in 15 years we have not had one. Yeah, so. I mean, can you, I, I, it made me sick to my stomach to hear that in that transaction, you know, $900,000 is just gone, you know, and now the buyer's not able to purchase their dream house, seller's not able to sell. I mean, it the ripple effect of that you could know destroy somebody yeah i mean absolutely destroy it's... them what do you do i couldn't imagine no <laughs> i couldn't imagine <laughs> me either couldn't imagine me either so um what's what's the most complicated transaction you've been a part of well we had one in seminole that was very very interesting it's it, it's very hard to explain but it was all about the encumbrances on the property and the, the old hoa Mm. So, so was, was it a, expired? There was a or? community that was put together, a luxury community, and when they divided the lots and, and, and came up with this HOA program, people five owners ago built out and built a pool and they took over property that they thought was theirs and was actually part of the neighborhood's general property. But through the years, nobody had caught it, and now you're talking about a $60,000 pool was built on her, a tiki bar. I mean, this was some serious, serious stuff. So we had to go, and of course we're going to sell, and it came up, and we're like, whoa. Um, so Zach and I, Zach is one of our escrow officers, literally had to go door-to-door -door and knocking in the neighborhood and asking everyone to sign a petition to amend the common areas of the neighborhood for these people. Wow. And it took quite some time. So obviously closing had to be delayed a little bit. Mm -hmm. And we literally spent a couple, well, about a week and a half. It was almost a couple weeks, but, you know, because, you know, we have to go to work too and everything. Right. But in our spare time going out there, we're out there on a Saturday, knocking on doors, getting people to sign. And then it had to be approved and go to a judge. Wow. Yeah. So that was probably the most complicated one I've ever been a part of. And but at the end of the day, we were able to get it closed for the people. And they were extremely grateful. Um, obviously, the realtor who recommended us was extremely grateful. Yeah. Made us feel good because we were able to help fix the neighborhood. They would not have this problem going forward now. So the whole right. situation was amended. So that was it was a feel-good story. But there were some hectic times in there where we thought, oh, boy, this is not going to happen. And, and the sellers, I'm imagining, had no idea when they bought the property. How it got through before that, we have no idea. Hmm. You know, that's the thing sometimes. And, yeah. Um, Unfortunately, in our business, there will be times where people pass things through, mm -hmm. you know, with the, um, it's better to ask for forgiveness <laughs> than yeah. to ask for permission kind of scenario. Um, 
so people will let things go and, and let it ride, as we like to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's something that's just not a way we operate. Right. We want it done the right way. Yeah. I, I had a transaction where I was working with the, the seller, the listing agent, and she got her property under contract. And then after it was under contract, found out in the title search that the previous owners had opened up a line of credit days before they sold the home to her and it wasn't recorded in the public records until after her mortgage was recorded. So her title insurance policy didn't cover it because, you know, it was recorded. Yeah. And, and it took four months to work through, but eventually we, we worked it out and she was able to sell and, but it, it got goodness. very complicated. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so sometimes you just never know. You never know. Um, so what is your most memorable moment with Baxter Title? That, that transaction probably is one of my most memorable moments. Uh, another one we did in St. Pete where the plot of survey way back when was done kind of incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows if it was the equipment back then or somebody just made a mistake. Um, driveways were going through um, each other's yard. <laughs> so the houses were fine, but the way that they shaped the plots, mm-hmm. the, um, the, the, that's the simplest way to say it, the driveways were going through your neighbor's yard, the end of your driveway. So we had to go again and knock on doors and get people to sign and agree to redo survey and redo it and get that all fixed. That's pretty memorable too. Yeah. Um, Ended up at a guy's band practice <laughs> to get him to sign. <laughs> so that was kind of neat. We got to listen to a band play for a yeah. while yep. while, uh, you know, we got him to come down and sign. So that's pretty memorable. Do you ever have, when, when you have to get the neighbors involved, times where neighbors just dig in and say, you know, I'm not going to do this? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We had to almost do, you know, I don't want to say a sell job, but you have to explain mm-hmm. this is what's going on. This is affecting you and your neighborhood your driveway also is going through your neighbor's mm-hmm. you know, yard. So as you go to sell down the line, you're going to run into the same problem. Why don't we just fix it now so you don't have that problem? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but, yeah, people, no thank you. I'm not interested. So you have to really explain. And, you know, we brought a letter yeah. from our lawyer on staff, mm-hmm. you know, saying this is true. <laughs> you know, yeah. Here it is in black and white. Yep. You know. So, yeah. yeah. Well, And that was the case with the, the example that I gave. Um, we we got in touch with the previous seller and explained that the line of credit they opened was negatively impacting the current seller and we needed an affidavit or something showing that there was either a zero balance or that it was closed. And they had a very nonchalant attitude that said, you know, look, we sold this home 14 years ago. This is not our problem. And, you know, he said, well, actually, it, it could potentially become your problem because if, if we're not able to come up with another solution, seller may be forced to sue you for quiet title. And, you know, we really, the seller doesn't want to have to to do a lawsuit, right. but that may be their only option. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Not leaving me much options here. I have right. to do something. Yeah, and, and the, the line of credit was over $60,000 and the home value was 180. So we're talking about a third the value of the home. Absolutely. So Wow. But again, thankfully we were able to find the homeowner had refinanced 
And so the title policy from the refinance, that company wrote over the line of credit to be able to provide clear title. Nice. Wow. Yeah. So um, would how would you say Baxter Title is different from other title companies? Well, like I, I stated a little earlier, um, first of all, we're, we're family and locally owned. So we are right here in Pinellas County. Um, Doug Baxter and his, you know, his family live in Largo and they, um, you know, the kids go are up out of schools and in bands here and everything. My children went to school here, uh, both went to Seminole High School. I had uh, three total here in colleges, one at UCF, one at USF, SBC, and Everest. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so we are uh, involved in the community immensely. Um, Carrie, who's one of our processors, they live here in Largo. Children go to school here. So we're very involved in the community. Um, we, we take great pride in that, that we're from here. Mm-hmm. And you know, we live here. We, you know, we're active here. Um, another way we're different is communication level because we are a smaller company. Um, our clients are not just a number to us. They're not a, you know, just a trans- transaction, just a contract. Mm-hmm. We take pride um, at the end of the, the transaction. A lot of times we end up making friends with the clients. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been asked many times to go grab a uh, beverage or a beer after. <laughs> so we try to make it easy. We try to, try to um, you know, take a complicated situation mm-hmm. and make it simple. Mm-hmm. That's the best way I like to try to explain it. You know, we're going we're gonna, to you know, make you feel at ease about your transaction. It's the biggest decision you're making in your life. Right. Usually it's the most money anybody's ever spent. You know, yep. buying your home yep. is the largest investment you have. Yeah. So, you know, we try to make that comfortable. And then, like I talked about earlier, the fees. Mm-hmm. We don't uh, upcharge any of our fees. We don't charge any of those junk fees. We don't do any of that stuff. We're just, you know, an on- we just want to do the right job. We want- we're an honest, you know, family-owned company that wants to do the right job. Yep. So, St. Pete. Yes. Um, what would you say is your favorite place to hang out in St. Pete? Wow. Well, I have many. I love Janice <laughs> Latin Landing, Janice Live. Um, I love Red Mesa. We were just there the other day. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of Red Mesa, but almost anything downtown. Um, we've done the rooftop bar, which is the name is escaping me right now, but I love going there. Oh, the canopy? Yeah, the canopy. Yep. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the restaurants and everything down there is just, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, my son just graduated UCF, and uh, him and his new wife just moved to downtown St. Pete. Oh, great. So they love it down there. They're enjoying it, and, you know, they yeah. enjoy St. Pete. And I mean, the art, the, the feel down there, everything's changed so much. In my 12 years that mm-hmm. I've been here, it's changed. The walkability. Yeah, the walk. I mean, just everything. It was just shopping. Yeah. I mean, there's, you can, there's nothing you cannot find in downtown St. Pete. Yeah. If you you if you can't find it, you're not looking hard. <laughs> <laughs> and what is your favorite thing to do in St. Pete? Well, I'm a big sports guy. Okay. So I love the sports. I love being on at the beach uh, on the water. Um, I love going to race games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I enjoy that. I'm I'm happy they're still here in St. Pete for the now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I am a big Cubs fan, though. I will say that. But I love going to. I love baseball. And I love. We'll forgive sports. you for that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but uh, I do. I do love going to the games down there, and then just participating in the in the nightlife. It is so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, there, like I said, there's so much fun to be had here. Yep. You know, it's hard to stay in the house. <laughs> it is. It is. And uh, what do you think is St. Pete's best kept secret? Well, it's getting out there more and more. But I would say the. Um, the, the change of downtown mm. and the the art that's down there. Mm-hmm. I was blown away by the galleries and stuff. I had no mm-hmm. idea. 
Um, not that I'm a big art person, but I do appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And um, I was, my wife and I were both just blown away with, we were walking and we just did a walk um, down Beach Drive and stuff mm-hmm. and you see gallery after gallery and, and uh, you know, all the eclectic things you can buy and find down there mm-hmm. from furniture to actual art and just, you know, I, I think that's, to me, one of the best kept secrets because I live right here and yeah. I was unaware. Yeah, it's, there are, you know, I the way I describe it is Beach Drive is sort of the fine arts district. So you've got the Museum of Fine Arts, the Dolly Museum, the um, collection, the Chihuly collection, Correct. the yeah. Morian Art Center where you can learn how to blow glass and do other things like that. And then you go down Central and you have more of the street art. And, and you'll see murals throughout town. Absolutely. I love the murals yeah, that great. are throughout town. Um, and then the artist enclaves, you know, in historic Kenwood, and, and there are some other um, art galleries or um, buildings with um, multiple galleries in it where artists are creating their art. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, St. Pete is definitely an artist's paradise. Yeah, we were blown away one time we were down and we were doing the, um, the uh, brewery tour mm-hmm. on, on the bicycles. Yeah, we've mm-hmm. done that. So we were down there and... I was blown away. We pull up to uh, a brewery on, on a pedal pub, and there is a pottery uh, class mm-hmm. and, and place. You can go in and make your own pottery mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. I was like, Kid, what a great <laughs> idea. I mean, that was amazing. You can and, recreate oh, way, you your ghost moments. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> make it do your ghost moments and yeah. grab a beer. and But, I mean, just stuff like that. You can't. Mm-hmm. Where, where else do you find that? Right. You know. I haven't seen that anywhere else before. Yeah. So I, I mean, really cool. and the thing that I love about St. Pete is you're never far from water. You know, downtown you've got water. On the south side of town you've got water. Absolutely. On the west side of town you've got water. And then you've got, you know, lakes and different ponds throughout town. Absolutely. Um, so it's, yeah, and it keeps us nice and temperate in, mm-hmm. in terms of climate in right. comparison to cities that are further inland where you know it gets a lot hotter there than it does here yeah so i've been in claremont florida before where it's middle of summer or orlando orlando exactly yes yes Yes. well thank you so much for joining me for this episode well thank you for having me i appreciate it absolutely a lot of fun all right and have a great day you too thank you thank you Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you can listen to future episodes. And if you have a show topic that you'd like to share with me or have a real estate related question that you'd like to ask, I'd love to hear it. You can call or text me at 719-201-5022 or you can reach me via email at Nicole at SellingStPetefl.com. That's N-I-C-O-L-E at S-E-L-L-I-N-G-S-T-P-E-T-E-F-L.com.